Welcome everyone. It's Chief Yuya and uh you listen to the Chief Yuya podcast and getting into it real quick. Let's dig into this idea of um famine, loss, drought, thirst, hunger and how we satisfy it or how we f- finally fulfill it and break the uh the curse and the reality of uh this thirst and this hunger that we're experiencing that is not being fulfilled and satisfied. Um, okay, so first off, we know that we're in a time now, we're seeing that there's food shortages that have been here, but are now being publicly spoken about. So, you know, when things are publicly spoken about more than once, then we typically know that it's real beyond real, you know. Uh, but of course, we spoke about that last year when I shared information about the floods and that there would be food shortages coming up. Of course, uh, like I, like I've told you, uh, a crisis is never, is never put to waste. So now we can use this crisis as an excuse for why there is no, there'll be no meat and things like that. But those of us who know and who've been listening, uh, to these teachings know that this was shared last year that it's the flooding that caused this, that caused the food shortages. All right. Um, so there's been famine or there's, there's famine that's coming. Uh, we won't just speak about the, uh, the lack of, of financial resources that many people are experiencing right now. And what I want to share with you all is that this is, this is the second stage of something that we've already experienced. And for many of us are still experiencing it. And we need to pay attention to that because it helps us to understand what comes next. There's never uh, a physical or third dimensional drought or lack if there is not first a spiritual drought and lack. And what does that mean, a spiritual drought and lack? Well, for many years, uh, individuals have sought out information, sought out healing, sought out teaching and instruction and found none. You know, um, they ran into places and institutions of supposed learning institutions of of religious piety and spiritual instruction in temples and found nothing because many of those places are filled with cowards you know and they went inside of these spaces seeking a voice that could provide them provide them some guidance and provide them some vision and some some direction and only heard their own voice reverberated back at them which now created more spiritual destitution. Now, there are some, of course, who have become accustomed to this this way of um, sharing, if you will. So, when you come at them with a with a a voice that really speaks from the soul, uh, they rebel against it because they want to be confirmed. They want everything that they already believe. And they're already thinking to be confirmed because that's the level of, of poverty and destitution that they're used to, um, within the face of a supposed teacher or supposed prophet or supposed leader. So with that, uh, that creates more hunger. You see, it's like being, being in a boat and, and you know, you're, dying of thirst so you decide to drink the salt water but we know what happens there you see so i spoke about that recently when i spoke about 
you know, not shaming people because they're thirsty, quote unquote. And I'm saying thirsty in terms of the colloquial way that it's used, but understanding that if someone is thirsting for something, that's a good sign that their body is showing is letting them know that, hey, you need something to drink. Uh, when you get beyond that point where you no longer feel the thirst, your organs are just shutting down at that point. You know, so sometimes the problem is, though, people get so thirsty and, and they're so far from the voice of their creator and they've hidden some, themselves so far in the shade from the light of the creator that they'll drink anything, whether it be virtual, whether it be real. It really doesn't matter to them, you know. That's one of the sciences we'll get into another time of the matrix reality. The matrix, rea matrix reality has created a, a virtual experience that's actually, that beats out the real physical experience. You know, so a lot of times when you finally experience something physically, it's a, it's a huge letdown after you've, you know, explored so much online or explored so much again through the virtual world. It just doesn't compare. You know, it just doesn't compare. You don't sit in your home one day and um, somebody comes to deliver a package and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden is this, this romantic escapade that happens because you don't have money to pay for the package. And you say, well, I have something I can give you. And you lead them into the bedroom. Yeah, that may happen in the virtual world, but in, in, in uh, a three-dimensional reality doesn't happen like that. So what happens now, reality becomes the letdown and the virtual world becomes the more utopian space where I can live out what I want. Well, a lot of times, unfortunately, these institutions of quote-unquote learning, uh, they cause people to stagger from uh, false oasis to false oasis, never really being filled with the proper word or being able to hear, hear the proper voicing. Like I said, they only hear back themselves. And you can't, you're not going to heal yourself that way. Now, of course, many people, social media and other places will tell you exactly that. You need to listen to yourself. You need to sit still and be quiet and listen to your own thoughts and go deep within. They don't know what they're talking about. They're making up things and no one, no real elder corroborates these people. They have no real lineage. They just jump online and start talking. They know how to put up very, very, very pretty images of themselves. And they may be attractive people. You know, they may be people who, who work out or who are pretty or, you know, have nice long hair or who could dress a certain way or have nice short hair, you know, whatever it is. And they, they can pretty it up and then they'll put the message forward and then people will begin to follow because of the energy that they're grabbing in them. You know, so now as a result, all of you who have chased, chased behind that level of, of foolery, you're paying for it because you have now neglected and sacrificed your original covenant that you had with truth and with the creator and the almighty in lieu of following nonsense for nonsensical reasons. You see? So as a result, because, because of that level of mental destitute and mental poverty and spiritual impoverishment now, we have physical, spiritual, uh, or physical and three-dimensional impoverishment and destitution. And of course, more is on the way. Now, how do you stop it? Well, plain and simple, you repent. And what does repentance mean? To go back on your way of thinking, to change your path. You know, now how many people will be willing to do that? 
and how many people will still allow themselves to go down arrogantly. You know, I consider now we're in a time, uh, I've had so many women reach out to me or females and express their concern and their fear because they're all by themselves and they're concerned about what the, what life may look like either for themselves or for themselves and the, and the children that they have had for uh, the men who are that they're no longer with. And they're concerned, I have no covering, I have no protection, I'm just out here, should I get a gun, should I get a knife, should I do this, where should I move, where should I live? All of these different questions and the reality is they're in those situations where they have to ask those questions because they've arrogantly uh, denied families that they could have been in prior to all of this. They had the wrong attitude. And now, all of a sudden, like I shared last year, there'll come a time where forced unity will be a reality. You see, forced unity. Well, you're going to have to get over some of these useless and pointless debates that people like to have so frequently about what they believe in, you know, or who they believe themselves to be. And it's going to come down to a reality of what do we need? You know, what do we need and, and what do we need to do together in order to get through this period? And that's it. You see, so I've been getting so many messages from individuals like that who have uh, put themselves in, in a very dangerous and precarious position because of their unwillingness um, to conform to a man. Plain and simple to conform to a man. You know, I don't need a man for this. I don't need to do that. I don't, da, 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 da. I wouldn't do that. I don't like this. I don't like that. I don't. Okay. So no problem. Uh, but now this, this is the reality that you have to deal with because of that level of arrogance that you had. And you're realizing that, um, this society who you already made it yourself off to is now quietly divorcing you because they no longer need you to destroy the family. They, you, they, they don't need you to do that work anymore. So now they're divorcing themselves from you and they have, they have nothing for you but a $1,200 check. You see, so now reality is kicking in. Oh, we do need each other. Oh, I, I, I should have humbled up. Right. So that's just one side of it. You know, now for the males, I can barely even speak to you because like I said, and I, I, I already referenced that in the, in the bugging out segment. If it takes me to motivate you to build up a seed store, you know, um, a seed bank, if it takes me to motivate you to get your water in place, if it takes me to motivate you to get your weaponry in place, if it takes me to motivate you to get an evacuation plan in place, if it takes me to motivate you to get six months to a year's worth of food in place, if it takes me to motivate you to grow some food, if it takes me to motivate you to touch the land again, then it's not going to happen. So you're lost. You're lost. So... We're in a time now where all of that ignorance and all of that ignoring of the truth that was present is now coming back. But see, that ignoring represented, again, spiritual impoverishment because you got to the point where you would not even listen to the word of the creator, the word of, 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 of the almighty. You wouldn't even listen to it. So what that created was a, a destitution. 
and you and you maybe didn't mind the destitution because hey it's only in my spirit I'm only depressed all the time I only feel completely impoverished within my heart but I still have money I still have food I'm still making my car payment so it, it must not be so bad you see and it's not until physical famine is unleashed on the lands that we start to now really jump around and, and see what we can do but unfortunately we never break it because we don't repent and we don't change our path and the only way you can do that is to look at the root of what the actual issue is I've had women say to me you know and this, this isn't about women but um, you need to be addressed and I've had women say this to me before um, so you making it seem like all my problems are because I don't have a man. 85% of your problems are most likely because you don't have a man. That's why you're talking to a man right now to get some direction. You see? So a lot of times we have to pull back and look at the root of it. So when I have a lot of people, a lot of females calling me and saying, chief, what do I do? Chief, this chief, 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 chief. Even if I told you what to do, it, it, some things you're not going to be able to implement, some things you're not going to be able to sustain, some things you're not going to be able to maintain because you need the balancing of manhood. And that's not in your life. Some things you're just not going to be able to do. You know, I had one woman share with me that, well, you know, I keep a, a knife and I keep a bat and, and I said, that will do nothing. That would do nothing. I'd make you eat that knife and I put the bat inside of you. you you're not against a, a man or a group of men who want something that you have, whether it be your financial resources or your food or you. you you're not your knife and your bat isn't really going to do much. Right. So it, your your defense doesn't just come in the weapons that you have around you, but it comes in the way of thinking that you have around you and that you have poured into you and implemented into your life. That's where your defense comes from. Because on your own, you're going to make a lot of moves that are dangerous to you and maybe the children or the elders who are around you because you don't, your mind doesn't work that way. Your mind is not constantly in warrior mode. Before a man, his mind is constantly in warrior mode. Even down to what kind of curtains he allows you to put up. He might say, no, get the blackout curtains. You know, I know these are prettier, but we're not going to use those. No, I, I know you want to grow some nice shrubbery around the house, but no, we're not going to grow shrubbery around the house. Only thing I'm going to let you put around this house are rose bushes because we'll at least have some thorns. But no, we're not going to. But yeah, we're going to put gravel all around so we can hear people walking around. Yeah, I know it hurts your feet and you like to walk around barefoot, but you see, so little things like that, right? And that's a very small thing. The absence of all of those things represents that the lack and absence of the presence of the creator inside of our lives. Because again, when you're mating with someone, this is for man and woman, you're recreating the Elohim. You're recreating the gods, you see? And when you deny yourself from that exchange because you refuse to surrender, then you refuse to recreate the Elohim. You refuse to recreate that entity and that energy that is full of abundance and is the root of abundance. You see, and now you begin to sow this and this, this, this unseen spore, this small spore of disobedience that later becomes the lack 
and the impoverishment and the destitution and the famine that you experience later. You see, it's a small thing in it and it grows and it grows and it grows and it grows and it grows. And a lot of times it begins because within your heart you have lack. You, you, there's a, there's a famine and there's a, there's a destitution and there's an poverty that exists within your own heart. You see, and sometimes there's something that may have happened to you. It could have been a divorce. It could have been a death. It could have been an accident. It could have been the loss of wealth. And that distress lingers on and, and it goes on for, for long periods at a time. And a lot of times you're looking at the symptoms of it and you want to feel better. You want to do something that makes you feel better. So if you feel like life has been unfair to you and you've done nothing wrong and everything just messes up for you and you walk into a certain space and you turn on social media and someone says that, then you feel better for the moment. You see, without realizing that that kind of information is cannibalizing you and then eventually you're empty and you have nothing left other than still going back and continuing to be cannibalize cannibalize just until you you eventually evaporate into vapors right as opposed to being filled up with a flood and a deluge of right knowledge and right truth which will require you right in that moment to surrender to the justice of what's being said to you but a lot of times that becomes too difficult it hurts too much to 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 admit the truth and to again walk on that path of the truth so all of that is the unseen famine. That's the part that nobody sees. You know how many people who in 2018 were on the phone crying with me and this and this is the problem and that's the problem. I'm so lonely. I'm so depressed and I'm this and that and that. And then I gave them guidance. This is what needs to happen. Then they get upset because I tell them the truth. But in 2019, now they're putting up memes that they're healing, offering, offering services readings and Reiki work and all kind of stuff like that. But just a few months ago, you were completely desolate. And I know you're still desolate, but you figured out a way to make a little bit of money. Because a lot of times that internal desolation leads also to financial desolation. So now they have to figure out how to scramble and hustle. You see, because you, you because Education is the first step to good economics. Ignorant people don't get rich. Ignorant people can't make money. Well, they might get rich, but they don't get wealthy because they lose their riches. You see, a fool and, and, and his money soon parts. You see, so when that level of internal desolation is, is, is in there and there's a unwillingness to innovate and to adapt based on what you've created and to go beyond it, then what happens, a, a plague within your life is not far. A famine that will be unleashed within your life is not far off. And eventually that extends outward, you see. And it all began because you had a famine inside of your heart. You had desolation inside of your heart that extended outwards, you see. So that's what we are seeing, experiencing, and going to see a whole lot more of. And that's the reason why. Because the people have turned their ear, like the great Shahrazad Ali had said one time. The people have turned the deaf ear when she was asked why she doesn't still do speaking engagements and things like that. 
Nah, they've turned a deaf ear. And it's true. You know, how long has she been speaking about the problems within the family and how we could begin to take accountability for it and fix it? But people didn't like what she was saying because she was finally saying, you're not the angel that the society tells you you are. And righteousness is not exclusive to one gender. So at what point are you going to be accountable for your part? You see, and I've been saying that for the longest time, but how many things have I been saying that have been ignored that now are becoming so relevant to so many people? <laughs> that a conversation, yeah, chief, I remember you talked about, yeah, uh-huh. You see, and you didn't like when I said it, so you pushed it to the side. Now it's in your face. Because if, if you're unwilling to be accountable, that means you're unwilling to listen. We're in a time now where the famine that has existed inside the hearts of people is now becoming the famine that's existing in the land. You, when you read Lamentations 2 and 9, where it says, uh, her gates have sunk into the ground and he has destroyed and broken her bars. Her king and her princes among, uh, her king and her princes are among the nations, but the law is no more. And her, and also her prophets find no vision from the Lord. See, what that's talking about is like we're in a time now where people are looking for instruction and looking for guidance and they're not finding it. And no one has anything to say. And the Lord stops, stops, stops talking. Says, you know, I've, I've said everything I needed to say. I've sent you messengers. I've sent you prophets. I've, I've allowed you to create a thousand religions. I've allowed you to create thousands of spiritual systems, all to lead you to me, but you're just too damn hard headed. So you know what? Now, as, as within, so without. So that hard headedness and that famine and that unyielding that you have within yourself, I'm going to unleash that on the earth. So now the earth is not going to yield food to you. It's not going to yield resources to you. You're not, nothing is going to be given to you because you don't give anything. You just want to take, 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 but you only take things that feed your bestial nature. When you read, um, the 107th Psalm and it says he changes rivers into a, into a wilderness and springs of water into a thirsty ground, a fruitful land into a salt waste because of the wickedness of those who dwell in it. You see, where are we at? Why do you think there's been so much talk around plant-based food as of recently? I saw that coming a mile away. Since when has this country ever cared about you not killing animals? This is a place that wiped out whole species more than once. Different species more than once. Since when would they care if you ate plants or not? Other than them knowing we're not yielding any more food from the ground anymore. The ground is not giving us the food. So we're going to have to go into laboratories and make it. That's what your plant-based food is. It's made in laboratories. They're not saying, you know, these different fast food chains are not saying we'll make you a burger, but it'll be made strictly out of, out of lentils. They're not packing lentils with, with, you know, uh, flaxseed powder, powder or flaxseed flour and coconut, coconut flour and making you a nice tasty lentil burger with spelt bread. <laughs> They're not making you that. They're making you something out of a laboratory. Yeah, it's, it's impossible. It's impossible. All right. So, you know, we're in a time now again where because of the hard headedness that exists within, 
now we've we've experienced this kind of famine and like i said the only way that we can address it is to start looking at our issues from the root that's the going within not the i'm going in for for the answer stop that stop that please stop it that's not that's not our calculation that's not how we work it doesn't work and you may like to post that stuff because you get likes and people that's right i hear that See, and that's the problem with many of these leaders today, quote unquote leaders. They're not speaking out of service to the most high. They're speaking out of service to the people. They want the people to like what they're saying. So their tongue and, and their cadence and their way of saying things and, and the things that they're saying are for people. It sounds good. It sounds slick. You see, but it's not really speaking to what needs to be spoken to. So you got a famine in the heart and now you get a famine on the land. So you have to now be able to open yourself up and you got to understand something. In order for healing to come, there always has to be a cleansing and a renewal. And that's usually done by the shedding of blood. So important for you to understand. You know, you read the story about about David when he was dealing with his famine, or Dawood. <laughs> but when David was dealing with his famine and couldn't figure out, you know, like what what the heck is going on, and um, when he kind of went into the face of Yah and was like, "Yo, what's you know, what's what?" You know, Yah told him like, "Yo, you remember when you didn't do right by the um, Gibeonites?" Well, here you go. And basically what it was is that there was a pact made with the Gibeonites that Saul had made. And Saul was like, we're going to take you over. You're going to come underneath our rule. But if you come underneath our rule and you service us, we'll take care of you. You know, everything will be cool. But then later on, Saul wiped out the Gibeonites. Like he, he went and tried to kill. All, well, he killed he killed most of them. You know, and then when he did that, he ended up unleashing a famine onto the land. Right. So when David came in, he was like, you know, so what happened? And that's what he, what he explained. So there had to be blood atonement for what happened. You see, and one of the, the key things is that when Yah told Dawood that, Dawood was like, okay, then that's what needs to happen. As opposed to fighting and resisting. Isn't there another way? Why do I got to do all that? Da, 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 da. You know what? This is your fault. Because why would you even create a system where if someone breaks a promise, we got to go through. All no. He just, okay, this is what I need to do. This is what I need to do. You see, and he was able to bring healing as a result. As opposed. So he was able to take accountability as opposed to blaming others for what was created in that space from his people by his people you see and that's what that's what we call a breakthrough you see that's what we call a breakthrough um and sometimes you got to understand that the people who you violate against are going to they're going to want revenge you know and you have to understand how you can make that right through justice in order to end the end the play Sometimes it requires you to, to honestly apologize to a person or to apologize to more, which actually was what the Gibeonites wanted. They just, they wanted acknowledgement that this is what you did, you know, but the thing is, you know, sometimes, um, 
there is a there's a harshness that comes you know and there was some of that also in this story you got to read it it's an interesting story but you know um where there's lives that are paid so when that famine came people people pay for what Saul did with their lives you see because once famine comes malnutrition comes you know it's not just oh we out of food we can't eat anything it might be we out of food so we eating cornmeal every day because that's all that's all we can afford you know or you know one day I'll, I'll tell you about the the um story of Abu Bakr you know but um very very um that was, he was the second caliph after the uh prophet Muhammad peace be, be upon him transitioned um he was the second caliph who really established the strength of the Islamic state but uh when he trans when when well that's a story but I'll, I'll share that very soon in honor of Ramadan I've been meaning that to share that one but um nonetheless so this whole idea again of the famine that we experience and, and being able to kind of track it and reference it to the famine that exists first inside of us you know reminds me of what uh uh what ralph waldo emerson said when he was like um and how many churches can you tell me where man has become so sensible that he is the infinite soul you know and what he meant by that was like when a person goes into a church they're listening they're going to listen to the prophecies from the creator not listen to this to the opinions of this man but but he was speaking about a problem where they were in a place where he was where the people were or the or the religious teachers were kind of trying to suppose that um everything that had been taught or had been given by god had already been given and nothing else needed to be given again so like one of the things he said um he said it, it's the true office of the teacher Right, he said it's the true office of the teacher to show us that he speaketh and not spake. Right? So what that means is that he's saying it's it's the true office of the teacher or it's the true responsibility of the teacher when he says speaketh that he's saying in present tense tense that that God is still speaking to us. And not just that he said all these things in, in antiquity and classical times, and now I'm just here to continue to reverberate and echo these things to you right now that's the modernity of what you experience now not only in religious environments but even in spiritual environments you know we've been talking about that for a while even within the the Orisha community where this is this constant re reverberation of the same honestly tired information and the information is tired because a lot of it is not even applicable anymore you see people are still looking to do the same rituals without realizing that once you grow you grow beyond certain rituals you see when when you go through your phases you don't know you went through your phases there has not been one initiation that i've gone through in any any realm career-wise spiritual anything not one that i felt i was actually ready for or even deserving of you see not one so every single one that i got into i felt i caught up or i had to play a game of catch up in order to be deserving of it you see so the moment there's, there's too much arrogance and that's what's caused this famine that's why so many of you are not in families because it's arrogance 
because we, and when you do get in the family, you can't last longer than four or five months because you get in and through your arrogance, you start feeling like I deserve this and I deserve that and I deserve that and I deserve that without ever being thankful and saying, thank you for letting me in your family. Thank you for covering me. Yeah, you know who I'm talking to. I'm talking to you women. Thank you for covering me because you didn't have to. And I know that I am easily replaceable. Easily replaceable. Just because five million people on social media tell you you're the prototype and you're just, you fall for that stupidity if you want. And let, let me give you, let me give you some real understanding. Real men, real men, real men, real men do not flirt with women in comments on social media. That's beta male activity. You need to understand that that's beta male activity. Real men don't do that. Beta male activity. You see, so you can get you and you can add all those beta males up. You won't get one alpha. You see, so it's that arrogance that's been implanted that now keeps you in a place where you now are cannibalizing on yourself and you're eating yourself from the inside out. And now there's nothing left. So what happens outside as within, so without you're experiencing and, and visualizing the same level of, of cannibalism and you're going to see cannibalism literally you think it's not coming cannibalism is not that distant in western culture it's not that di and under many accounts it still occurs but it's not that far off in this in this country's i can i'm speaking of north america it's not that far off from this country's history you see you already see that on social media. That's a, and I'll get into that when I talk about the matrix again. I've been meaning to get around to that. Social media is a form of cannibalism. And I'm, I'll break that down and show you how that works. But nonetheless, like I'm saying, you know, we're in a time now where, uh, in order to get out of this, <laughs> to get out of this thing that's happening, we have to be willing to hear the real power of the real prophetic word and stop looking for echoes and reverberations of what we're already thinking. I've addressed this so many times and people jump in and say, yeah, chief, you know why I listen to you? Cause you be saying the same stuff I'm saying. No, I don't. No, I don't. Stop it. Stop it. Because I don't say things like that to people. I don't say stupid stuff like that. And I know a lot of people just heard that, just got their feelings hurt. Because a lot of you have said that to me. You be saying the same stuff I'm thinking. No, I don't. Because I don't say stupid things like that. My brain is better than yours because I wouldn't say anything dumb like that. No one's thinking the same thing. That's dumb. And if you think, if you think that way, then no, we don't think the same. You don't know why I'm saying what I'm saying. You don't know how much I got left to say. I saw a comment on a, on a IG uh, video yesterday. Somebody said, because I was sharing uh, some surah. You know, and someone has said, oh, so chief is a Muslim now. You don't know what I am. I tell you I'm Anu and that doesn't even register to you. You still don't get, I, I'm, am, I'm Anu. Still doesn't register. <laughs> so just stop it. See, that's the arrogance. 
See, and that, that blocks you off from learning. Nowhere near it. And for those who have humbled themselves up to that reality, those are the ones that learn. And those who don't stay stuck. Just like I have people I listen to. I'm like, man, oof. Wow. Like I can't, I can't write like Ralph, um, Waldo Emerson. I don't write like him. I read him and I'm wow. You know, there's always somebody who's beyond you. <laughs> That's just the way life is. There's always someone beyond you. And just because uh, I might read a passage from a great writer, I might read Shakespeare and read a, you know, read a passage. I was reading again, um, some works on him actually. And it was, uh, actually the Julius Caesar piece, but, um, there were so many thoughts in it that I was like, man, I relate to this. I relate to that, but it doesn't mean that I have that mind just because I can relate to it or it echoes something that I was saying. Because most of the time when I get stuck on that and that level of self idolatry, then I miss the larger thing that's being said. And there's always a larger thing that's being said. If someone can break down a certain concept or a certain thing, that means that they're overstanding it. You might understand it, but they overstand it. So what is the air like up top? What is the meaning and the purpose and the activity above a concept? When that concept is above you. You see, again, it's the arrogance that's caused the famine. Just like when Saul was like, wipe out the Gibeonites. Because they were, they were a small people. They weren't a major people. They weren't major players. They were just like a minor little people. They say, oh, they don't really matter. Not really understanding, or let's say not overstanding the power of an oath, the power of a vow, the power of a contract, and what that can create. You see, I've heard people say things before, like when they were talking to like Hebrew Israelites on the street and like they make fun of them and they say, you know, I really don't think God cares if I wear a beard or not. Who cares what you think? You're not, you're, you're nowhere near smart enough to understand what the Elohim care about. But I bet you're smart enough to follow directions if you want it. You're smart enough to surrender. But their ways are not our ways. Their thoughts are not our thoughts. We're trying to build to that point where those thoughts become our thoughts. But our arrogance keeps us going in these, these circles where we lose all of our opportunities to evolve, involve ourselves, involve ourselves in, in the greater meaning of the higher activity and into, and to promote better well-being and deeper fulfillment. So we stay stuck in the cyclical cycles of, of human life because of our arrogance. You say, I don't care. I don't think the creative kids if we grow a beard or not. Well, let's look at the community now. Sometimes a beard is the, it, honestly, is the only way you know a guy from a, a female. And not to say they don't have hormones and things that, that, you know, some females are now growing beards and stuff, you know, cause Pepe Ozima has a beard. For those of you who remember who that is, you are gay. But the thing is, it's, it's important to understand that everything that's given to us, there's no words that are, that are wasted and every principle is a powerful one. Every single one is a powerful one. In the same way, when I'm teaching or someone else is teaching and they're giving you good water, you drink every drop of it. That whole, why well, eat and spit out the bones? You know, you don't know what to spit out. 
you don't know what to spit out. You're not, you're not in that place. And you won't be, most of you, for a long time. To you in your 80s and 90s, you know. So when I hear people who are 20, 30 years old, even 40 years old, to my, yeah, when well, you know, I take what I need and I lead the right. That's why you have a famine in your heart. That's why you have a famine in your life. That's why there's always an underlying depression and distress that you're feeling in your life that you don't tell anybody about, but I know about. You see, because you have that, that messy problem within yourself where it's all of these broken covenants that you, that you, you have and you've created all these broken covenants between what you've heard and what you've decided to do. So there's all of this dissonance that exists. And as a result, divine justice is always going to, it, it's going to create that famine inside of you and there's going to create a famine outside of you. But that same divine justice can restore that, that thirst or restore that, that, that hunger that you had and, and fulfill it. As long as you're willing to surrender yourself to the reality and the truth of what is and stop trying to put your own taint and your own opinion, your own twist on everything, because that's what maintains the famine. That's what maintains impoverishment. Like I said, the first key to economics is education. Why do you think so? some communities are so hard-pressed on their children pursuing higher education? It's not, it's not because it's a status symbol, because there is a direct linkage between economics and education. Plain and simple. And you have to surrender yourself to that, that education. The ingress, the aggressive ignorance is what is always going to maintain that, that, that famishment, you know, that, that, that constant feeling of rejection and, and fear and, and, and hurt because of the fact that we're, we're, not confronting our failures at the root through honesty. That's just the truth of it. You know, that's just the truth of it. So I know that's a heavy one, but this is a heavy time and there are plenty of feel good messages out there right now. Trust me, you can, you could jump around in 30 seconds and someone's going to tell you it's going to be all right, you know, or just drink a little bit of this or mix some turmeric with some garlic and some onion. And you ain't got to worry about catching it. There's plenty of that going around, right? But none of that's going to work. None of it's going to work. An external famine in our human life is a result of our of a spiritual famine in our spiritual and metaphysical heart. And the arrogance and hard-headedness, you know, this is where it's at. You know, why do you think I say, yeah, out of over 3,000 students, I only got about three or four students? Because how many disciples of, of this way do I truly have? How many people are truly saying I'm completely committing myself to these teachings, to this way? I'm in. <laughs> I'm all the way in. And how many people are, they signed up for the class and they're learning a little bit of that, but they also in this person's class over here, they're reading that book over there. Yeah, Chief says this, but Chief said that, but I think, I feel, you see, how much of that is there? There's a whole lot more of that. And those are the people who are sinking with the ship. They're going down. 
and will continue to go down because even as they hear this message, they won't like it and their arrogance will kick in and say, we tell me I can't study other people. I told you from the very beginning, I never put any any limits on a study with whoever you want. Take whatever you want. But I know what a wise person will do and I know what a fool will do. But if you want to be a fool, that's your prerogative. I'm not responsible for your karma. You create your own karma. You create your own fam famine because you're, you're too dishonest with yourself about, no, nah, I don't like to submit. Or I don't like, I don't like black men. Let's try that one. I'm still under that Willie Lynch model where I feel like black men should be destroyed. Chief has a lot of information, but he's a black man. So at the end of the day, there's a part of me that hates him. Let's be honest about that one. That's a real one. That's a real one we deal with all the time. You see? So some, as soon as somebody says something about Chief that's slanderous, I'm willing to run right with it. Because internally, I actually hate him. And I hate anyone who surrenders to him. Let's try that one. Whew. <laughs> There's some people internally and I knew you 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 know you've experienced it. <laughs> and this this isn't a laugh where it's like, well, all you all you could do is laugh to keep from crying. This is a laugh because it's really funny to me. Like how if I would go to, you know, a place and watch a clown or a jester perform. Because I see the clown in people like that. <laughs> it's funny to me. You know, like just just like slapstick is funny, you know, or, or watching a dog run around and chase its own tail. It's funny. You see, you falling right into the nonsense and now you end up experiencing the curse with everybody else. And you didn't have to if you just chose to surrender. I came under the same programming that you have. But I had to surrender myself to people. When I went to the continent, I, I, I had the same programming growing up watching Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck and, and they, and African savages putting them in pots and trying to eat them in the booga ooga booga. I grew up watching, uh, Tarzan on Saturdays, you know, and, and he would go swinging on the vine and the African savages would try to attack him. He'd beat them all up and everything like that's what I grew up watching. And then I had to go to the continent, <laughs> you know, and submit myself and surrender myself and go through certain trials and certain experiences in order to uh, respect what it was that I said I was. You know, we pour out all these libations on the earth and on the land all the time, but we have no respect for it. You see, we talk about the mother and the father and the ancestors, but... We don't respect the, the reincarnated ancestors right in front of us. And I'm not saying that those individuals I studied under are my ancestors because they're not. They're not. But I do understand the science of reverence. You know, I understand the science of reverence. My people ain't Nigerian. <laughs> I'm under no delusions about that. You see, but I do understand the science of reverence and when the creator tells you to go do something, you do it. And that keeps your heart from experiencing that famine and your lands from experiencing that famine. That's what's happening. You know, so it's not going to stop from just logistics when you just say, well, you know what? Logistically, if I just do this now, because that's those questions have to stop, too. OK, so, chief, you telling me if I, if I do this, if I do that, then this is going to happen. I don't even answer those questions anymore. Many of you have noticed that. <laughs> 
Why don't you do it because it's the right thing to do? Stop trying to create these transactions with the, with, with the universe. You're listening to the wrong information. Stop watching The Secret. Stop it. Stop listening to those Rosicrucians and, and The Secret. All you have to do is envision the Porsche and you get the Porsche. Are you supposed to have the Porsche? Right, right about now, a lot of you better be envisioning some pickup trucks and some quads. Pickup trucks and quads and pickup trucks, old pickup trucks that don't have a whole bunch of electronics in them. Easy to work on. You ain't got to worry about an EMP strike. Hey, I'm just, you know, here to give you some instruction and to give you some encouragement because there is a way out of this thing. Yeah, you might have to dig a little deeper. That may be a little uncomfortable. And, and I get that. You know, it's it's difficult a lot of times when we have to so much time has gone by and we have to finally look at um, what we haven't dealt with. And and sometimes, you know, sometimes the pain is so long standing. We're embarrassed about it. I was talking to someone earlier today. Well, I don't say he's divorced, but not necessarily recently. But he's like, yeah, man, I'm just coming out of this depression. It's been like five, six years since he divorced. Those are things that men can talk about among each other. And I said, I completely understand, brother. It takes a long time. And I said, you know, five, 10, 15 years from now, you're still going to be hurt. There's still going to be moments that are going to remind you or you might see a young couple and it reminds you of you two. And and you're going to feel those things again. It doesn't go away. You might be buried in the ground with that hurt. See, people think that or, or not think you're taught that men have no feelings. That's not true. But then when you want to make jokes, you say, well, men are emotional. No. We are the movement of, of, of energy. We are emotion. Women are affected and touched by emotion. We are the movement of energy. Of course, we experience things like that. But, you know, like I had to encourage them, let him know, listen, you're not crazy because so much time has gone by and you felt this level of distress. When a man puts investment forth and there were children involved, and there's children involved and then there's a divorce and you know the moment you have a child you have all these thoughts and ideas and wow we're going to do this and one day I'm going to teach my child this and this and that, and that and then we live in a society that provides all these incentives for a family to be, to be destroyed and then someone takes advantage and capitalizes on those incentives it's it's a hurting thing it's really a hurting thing but we live in a society again where you can't say anything about it as a man you know, you got to just be told, yeah, you know, I'm moving on. I'm doing what I got to do. But, you know, inside you're dying. Inside you're gone. You're dying. You're empty inside. There's nothing left. And like I've said so many times, the representation, the idea, ideation of a God that's given forth in this society is really, you see that in man. There, but not really there. Present, but not present. So man could go through another marriage and everything, get married, have children again, and be totally not there. Just be empty inside because he's desolated still from his his previous marriage and the loss of his previous children. It's a devastating thing when a man doesn't have his children because he owns those children. All of that, you know, a woman, when she says, well, I took me and my kids, they're not your kids, they're his kids. They're his. They're not both of yours. They're his and when you take those from him, it's like you, you took a part of his body away. But again, there's a dissonance because we are taught in a society, well, they're her children because she carried them for nine months. <laughs> she carried his children for nine months. You see, so 
there's so much that's, that's taught and there's so much that's wrong and us kind of allowing ourselves to fall into <laughs> some of these things that have been put forth and defending them even because trust me there's people listening to this right now that's sucking their teeth and no i don't believe in that uh-uh, i don't agree with that i don't give a f what you believe or agree with nobody cares anymore nobody cares for those of you who have the right ears and the right brain you listening you're understanding you're applying the rest of you can stay here and drown i don't care <laughs> okay so you could just save those comments. I don't you throw all the thumbs down you want on it. You know, it doesn't matter because this is this. We're at a time and it's been we've been here, but the saving of lives is more important. And I've said it before and I will say it again. The melanin rich man is the savior of the melanin rich community, period. Brothers is on us. To say, because what do you what do you think you do when you cover a woman? What do you think you do? You're saving her. You are her savior. You're saving her. Now, as much as we told we hate we hate children, I know many, including myself, melanin rich men who have taken on women and raised other men's children along with those women, along with the woman. So you're saving her sometimes. And another man's children by covering them because to be covered means you're now protected. That's saving. If I'm on a life raft somewhere and there's sharks circling around me, I got no water, I got no food, and you know, a barge comes along and they throw me a rope, they saved me. They're my savior, you know, because I was left just out in, in the elements and I could have been attacked by anything. Even if it wasn't happening right in that moment, it was inevitable that it would. And they saved me. You see, so it's really incumbent upon you men to step forward and kind of make some real hardcore decisions in terms of who and what you're going to be. And when we're doing all of this to avoid famine, let me give you something else. Because you've heard me say, you know, it's not about saving the world. It's not. But it doesn't mean that you lose your compassion. It doesn't mean that. I want you to be clear on that. So as you're shopping and you're buying things for yourself and you're putting things to go into your store, get a little bit of extra. Just a little extra. Because that neighbor down the street may need your help. Your, your, your blood family may need your help. You see, and you may have to, if you go on to buy, if, if it's maybe just you and, and, and your lady and you're buying two face masks, buy four. Cause it might be another couple somewhere that needs a face mask. Okay. We still have to be compassionate and we still have to be the models and the images of the Elohim in the society, but that's not an excuse because I'm not listening to him at this point, but that's not an excuse for you to say, well, you know, um, I still got to do this because my mother and my father and, and, and you know, and they, they ignorant, but you know, I'm, I'm going to stay in the city for them or I'm going to stay here for them. You're going to die for them. I'm saying when the people come to you with a hunger and a thirst, 
then here, have something for them. I'm not talking about staying on the plantation or staying on the reservation and staying in places of harm and danger because you want to use that as an, and you're using other people as an excuse to do that. No, when people come to you with a hunger and a thirst, have something for them. That's what I'm saying. But you have to take care of yourself first. And most of you are not saved. And many of you, and I'm speaking to all you single women, all you single female, and if you have children, you're not technically single, but all you unwed women, you are on that, that rubber life raft in the water with the shark circling. The famine is here. You see, and it's the famine that exists within your heart that's gonna, that's gonna maintain the tumor of the problem. When you look at, um, the book of Matthew, third chapter and it says and even now the axe is being laid to the root of the trees what that means now is talking about going to the source and going to the root of things you see so when there's an issue you have to be honest with you have to be honest enough with yourself to be able to say hey let me go to the root of what's actually happening and let me start to fix that let me start to try to create some resolution you know, with where I really know the root of the issue is, you know, when I hear statements like, well, these sisters out here, what sisters? Who have you sampled every single woman? You know, these men out here, you, you've been whatever. Nobody told you to be with all of them. You see, there's something within you that's broken. There's a root inside of you that needs to be addressed. You see, and I know a lot of times if I say that, people get upset. You saying the problem is me? Hell yeah, the problem is you. It's been you. And it was probably your father and it was probably your mother. The problem was them. And it was probably your grandparents, both sets. The problem was them. Nobody raised you right. So now you don't know what the hell you're doing. And you're, you're breaking things. And you're breaking covenants. And you're making covenants that you don't even know that you're breaking. <laughs> How many people have you had sex with? Huh? You know? Ask yourself that right now. How many people have you had sex with? That's a covenant. How did the relationship end? Was there a relationship? Was the covenant of that sexual interaction broken properly? You making covenants and promises and you didn't even know it. And then you're breaking them and don't even know when you're breaking them. And then you're creating curses and you're creating famine and desolation within yourself. That's just one thing. That's just one thing. We're not talking about all the debt. <laughs> all the times you got on the phone with them people and told them you was going to pay them their money. And you writing the check right now. <laughs> Knowing good and well, you, you never even audit checks from the bank. Or you sending it right now, you just gotta go try to find your card to send it. When they say, well, you can make payment right now on the phone. You know what you did. Liar. We gotta, we gotta take the axe and put it to the root of the tree. That's the reality. We gotta really start looking at the root of what the problem is and recognize something that's real important is that we got time in front of us. The things that we've done are behind us and we have to address them. We have to deal with the karma and the payments that come with it. But, the, the sooner we can do that, the sooner we can open ourselves up to the, to the, to the great stuff that's coming next. So again, like I said, I know it's a rough one, but it's a rough time. It's a rugged time right now. And, um, we can no longer continue to perpetuate the mistreatment of ourselves and others. 
you know, by our own hand. And it's time now for us to finally step forward uh, as strong people, as great people and say, you know what, let's deal with with the raw emotions that we have in our hearts. And that comes up in those quiet times. Um, let's begin a process of, of forgiveness and forgiving means to give love before, you know, give love first. That's what forgiveness means. And let's now start kind of opening up the deluge of, of, of healing and um, intellectual freedom that comes as a result. But it means that we're going to have to surrender ourselves, not only to process, but surrender ourselves to prophetic teaching and those who have it. And like I said, for those of you who just listening to this, because it's just another video, so I'm like, all right, go ahead. You know, do, do your thing. I, I never have an issue with that. Um, but understand that there will come a time when you won't, you know, don't take these experiences for granted. There will come a time where you won't have these teachings. You won't be able to get online. You know, they're already now censoring pieces that give, uh, Divergent information about um, what people are saying. With you know, I'm choosing my words because I don't want to. <laughs> I'm, I'm working not to get flagged, but divergent information about certain ins- what earth certain organizations are saying are the healing bomb for this current situation. So you think about that. That's censorship. It's it's here. The famine is here. Censorship is here. You know, you're seeing millions of livestock. Or not livestock, dead stock. You're seeing millions of chickens and, and, and pigs being euthanized. You see. Because they can't do anything with them. They're not going to be able to sell them. You know, you consider that for a second. The disrespect of life. Millions of lives. You see. So... We're, we're in a time now, like I said, where you're going to have to put that axe to the wood, put it to the root, be honest about what's there, and then be honest about what's being put in front of you and stop procrastinating. Stop thinking you have all this time and all this opportunity. Yeah, I'm going to get it. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to. Right now, you have no excuse. You got plenty of time. All of you do. You got plenty of time. You got plenty of opportunity. You're stuck in the house. You ain't doing nothing. Get on top of it. Get on top of it. I know it hurts. And you don't have to drink a bunch of liquor first or smoke a bunch of herb first to address these things, to numb yourself. Face them with sobriety. You don't have to eat a bunch of cookies (laughs) before and after. Face it all with sobriety. Be honest about the addictions that you have. You see? And I promise you, you can get through this. Because if you couldn't get through it, you'd be dead already. If there was no opportunity for redemption, the spirit would, would have taken you out already. There's no point in you being here and wasting up space when another body could come and use that space. They would have got rid of you already. So that means if you here, redemption is still here. Repentance is still here. Don't don't continue to be hard-headed. Come on now. Come on. Don't keep being hard-headed. You see, those of us who are listening, we're fine. We're doing great. Those of us who have listened and have surrendered, everything's cool. No anxiety, no worries, nothing like that. And like I said, this is the first of many plagues that's on the way. And those of us who are surrendering to it, to the information and to, into the word and to the, and to being guided by it, we ain't even worried about those. Don't you want to be <laughs> amongst that team? You know, like I said, you keep 
sitting back like you the don of information like yeah i take a little bit from here a little bit here you're just confusing yourself and that's why you're not getting anywhere that's why situations in your life are really not improving that much and the happiness that you may be experiencing is based on someone else's sick model there's no real growth where where are we going where are we getting at this point you see now i don't want that for you you know i want you to grow but I care more about me and mine than you. So there comes a time where, you know, you don't get things anymore. It comes a time where things stop, you know? Like I've said so many times, if you were not able to access the internet today, let's say for the next six or seven months, how would your life look? That means no social media, maybe your phone, maybe you can't even make a phone call anymore. You know, so many things would, would maybe change. Those of you who only derive your, your, your income from that or your social interaction from that. You see, don't take it for granted that these things will always be here, especially things that you didn't even pay for. That's why I spoke about recently people complaining about YouTube. You don't even pay for it. It's free. And people make millions of dollars off of something that they don't even pay for. So think about even information that comes to you like this. When I say there's thousands of videos and people complain, yeah, chief, you got so many videos. Yeah, so many free videos. What are you talking about? <laughs> what you, like, what are you complaining about? <laughs> we, we, we go to listen to people like Malcolm X or go to listen to people like, you know, Amos Wilson. You know, it, we got a few videos, even Bobby Hemet, you know, Phil Valentine. It's not thousands of it. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be nice if you had a thousand videos of Marcus Garvey? Especially at a time like now. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be amazing? Or if we had a thousand videos of, of Elijah Muhammad? Even a thousand recordings of Khalid Muhammad. Even that. We had a thousand. And I'm not, I'm, trust me, I'm in no way comparing myself with those people. But I'm just saying that when you're getting free, relevant information <laughs> you know start with gratefulness and not arrogance and you'll see how far that will get you when you're coming into a household and someone accepts you and covers you be grateful because it's the arrogance and i'm gonna give you that little that little information when people ask me stuff about plural plurality and things like that yeah you know what usually causes me to have to exit someone is their arrogance their lack of, of gratitude they come in and start making passive aggressive demands or just straight out demands. Or sometimes that even happens in the, in the courtship. They start throwing all these things. Well, what are you going to do if this happens? What do you do with that? Well, let me see. I'm going to say something. What are you going to do if that happens? You see, what makes you think I owe you all of this? I don't owe you all that. You know, why are you not grateful that you're here? There's, there's so many daughters out here and daughters can be quickly and easily replaced. That's just the truth of it. That's the reality of it. The same thing that I'm doing this work. I am so grateful when I get the opportunity to share and people grow from it because I can be quickly and easily replaced. There's a lot of smart brothers out here. There's a lot. You know, there's a lot of people who are mentally ill and handicapped. I've, I've seen that in the spiritual community, but there's enough out here that do have sense that I could be replaced. 
and that spirit that has been poured into me can be poured into another vessel. So I'm grateful that it was poured into me and is still with me. And I say what I say without apology because I recognize I'm releasing uh, a spirit freely and I'm not going to break a covenant that I've made, you see. So have the heart to heal and begin with healing yourself by taking the axe to the root. Of course, many of you know that uh, we're getting ready to start our next cohort of the Anu Men's and the Anu Women's uh, Ministry. And, um, you know, as many of you know, like I limited it now to once per year. So we can kind of really make sure we have the serious ones who are committed. And, you know, if you're not interested in fully committing to this, don't sign up. Please don't. Don't don't waste people's time. I'm just telling you that for people for next year. Don't even sign up. You know, this isn't about well, I'm going to learn a little bit with them or I'm or I'm a kind of sit in the shadows and I'm not really going to participate, but I'm a why I'm going to observe and see if this is what I want. Don't. Don't just stay away, please. I'm asking you to do me that favor. Um, I've always said to the administrators of all these groups, I don't care if it's three people at the end of all of this. I really don't. You could do some amazing things with three people. You don't, you don't need masses in order to, to, to move the masses. And not that I'm concerned about moving the masses because at the end of the day, it's only a small remnant who were ever saved. And if you want to really understand a deeper science before I go, you look at any survival movie, the ones that are sensible, not the new age ones that are all based around feminism. Usually a lot of survival films, you look at a lot of, a lot of films and they start off with a man and a woman who can't stand each other or they're arguing. And for the sake of survival, what happens at the end of the movie? They kiss. What? So, it is through the war and surviving the war that they recognize we need each other to survive or we were able to depend and work with each other as man and woman to get through this situation together and that solidified our connection and love for each other and you consider that for a second all you, all you lone wolves out there alright so again Chief Yuya signing out um, our new men and our new women uh, coming forth <laughs> very soon, real strong, and um, you know a lot of lot of other works on the way. All right, I'll speak to you very soon. Until such time, peace.